Folks, the uh, the Winnipeg Jets are down pretty darn bad. If you're a Jets fan, which I imagine everyone listening is, then the last couple of days of Winnipeg hockey have left you wanting a lot more. But not wanting a lot more Jets hockey, wanting something that's actually fun to watch. On tonight's episode, we're going to talk about two very different kinds of games, one against Dallas and one against the Rangers, which just finished yesterday, and give some thoughts on why Winnipeg's race for the playoffs is now officially over. All this and so much more on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey friends, welcome to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Tonight's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. Before we kick off this show, I just wanted to say thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. We'll also be on YouTube sometime this week, hopefully having our first ever YouTube video content. We've done a couple of short videos previously, but these will actually be full-length podcasts that you can catch every week. And for those of you interested in audio only, no worries, we'll still have the audio versions uploaded to this channel as well. Now, I led off tonight's episode with some, you know, not great tidings about the Jets over the past weekend. Uh, in, in two opportunities to earn four points, the Jets only accumulated one. And let's be honest, I don't think either game was particularly convincing for Winnipeg's, I guess, vain hopes of ever making the postseason. This year, I think, is is pretty much a write-off. And honestly, if anyone expected otherwise, I don't really know what to say. Heading into this season, I was kind of optimistic in some areas. I thought Schmidt and Dylan obviously would make a, a big impact on this team. And in some ways they have, um, but maybe not the impacts that we were hoping for. I think, you know, ultimately Paul Maurice leaving had the biggest impact. And obviously it's not really been for the better. First things first, though, you know, the, the Jets played Dallas um, on, on last Friday, which was, you know, not the worst game I've ever seen. But the problem with not exactly beating Dallas is that, you know, the Stars team is one of the squads that is actively hunting for a playoff spot. And Dallas this year, they're they're solid. I, I think that they're an all right team. You know, they have some issues depth wise. I think that that has been a continuous issue, especially when some of their star players get injured. But, uh, you know, over this past weekend, they actually just beat the Minnesota Wild six to three. So this is not a team that you can really take lightly. I know that, you know, in some areas they are looking to shop a couple of guys. I think John Klingberg is probably one of the top trade deadline guys uh, currently available. And I don't know that Dallas is super keen on resigning him. I also don't know if they're going to, uh, just let him go either though so the stars team for me is in an interesting spot because they're a pretty decent team but i don't know that they're all that good when it comes to you know higher end competition that they would face in the playoffs i think brayden holpe in net can do a pretty darn good job of masking a lot of their issues and it seems like rick bonus generally has the team playing decent hockey but beyond that you know i i don't know what exactly their long-term outlook is in the game against the Jets, though, for much of the game, I thought Dallas was just better. You know, Winnipeg 
seemed a little bit slow, made a couple of really poor passes, some silly turnovers, and then, you know, Dallas made a couple of really clinical finishes thanks to Jason Robertson. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen Jason. I, I hadn't really watched him. Um, I knew that he was having a pretty darn good season, but even by his standards, I was surprised by just how lethal he was the entire night. Every single time Jason was on the ice, Winnipeg was under pressure. I thought he was easily far and away, you know, Dallas's best player. He was a constant threat in the slot. Hellebuck really struggled to track the puck when it was on his stick. And Jason ended up collecting a hat trick. What's kind of funny is, you know, yesterday he actually had another hat trick against Minnesota. So it's clear that Robertson just sort of does this to everyone. Um, he's actually racked up, I think, 28 goals total this season, which is pretty darn spectacular. He's a pretty young kid. I, I don't think he's actually a rookie, but he is definitely a younger player. Um, if he is in Calder contention, I just think he has some decently difficult competition this year. But, uh, you know, whatever the case may be with his rookie status, it's clear that Dallas has a bona fide superstar player in him. I thought that he was just dancing around Winnipeg's defenders and constantly putting the Jets under pressure. Now, the Jets were able to tie it up and eventually force overtime, and I will say that in the last 20 minutes of the game, I thought the Jets started to turn up the heat. It felt like Winnipeg was really dialing up the pressure. Uh, Dallas's defense towards the end of the game I didn't think was all that great, um, and it might have just been that Winnipeg was starting to really push the pace and get more aggressive. I liked at times how you know that, that Svechnikov line was playing with Dubois and Connor, Defensively, that trio is struggling a bit, especially Connor. I think he and Dubois aren't exactly defensive stalwarts, but, you know, offensively speaking, that unit is dynamite. And wouldn't you know, Zvech actually recorded another assist, I believe his third or fourth straight game of collecting points, which is always lovely to see. People keep looking at his past and saying, oh, he only has like 10 points in 40 games or whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, you know, playing with the Detroit Red Wings, a lot of his career was derailed by injuries. And then he came into a very difficult team to actually uh, find a lot of offensive success with, especially if you're not playing with Larkin. So now that Zvech is finally on a line that fits his chemistry and, and his play style, I think he is a guy I wouldn't mind keeping around for, you know, a couple more seasons. You know, despite the rest of the team uh, having a, a solid performance after the, the first couple of periods of really crappy play, you know, the Jets still ended up losing this one in overtime. Blake Wheeler had a bit of a mishandle towards the blue line. He was trying to chase after a loose puck, and I don't know if somebody just mistimed the pass or if it just deflected off the wall and away from him. There was no way he was ever really catching up to it, though, and Jason Robertson struck in and... Uh, just sort of tucked it past Hellebuck on a breakaway. You kind of saw it coming, too. I mean, you've, you've seen what happens when Wheeler is out there in overtime. It's not a pretty sight. Uh, and it's, for some reason, one of the things, like, Winnipeg keeps turning back to. I don't know why. It doesn't really make sense. I love the captain, but, you know, at this stage of his career, you really have to limit his minutes and try and keep him away from overtime because you really need countering speed. That's basically it countering speed, and some degree of finishing ability. And if you've got those, congrats. You've probably got an overtime winner. But Wheeler and Shifley together, not so much. So only one standings point out of this game. Uh, you know, Paul Stastny had two goals. You had, of course, uh, Zvechnikov grabbing an assist. KFC scoring another goal. But beyond that, you know, just not that great of a performance. And Hellebuck, of course, struggling a little bit here. He's not really been making as many saves as you'd like over the past couple of games. But, you know, unfortunately for the Jets, the next game against the New York Rangers with an even better record didn't exactly turn out to be much of an easier opponent. 
We'll talk about what went wrong in Sunday's game in just a little bit. But before we go any further, here's why you should be subscribed to Athletic Greens AG1 product line right now. When it comes to living a healthy lifestyle, a lot of us are looking for quick, easy fixes that keep us going no matter what we need. Finding something that's safe, convenient, and easy to use is always a challenge, though. Fortunately, our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 from Athletic Greens because I'm looking for that extra boost of immune support. What is AG1 from Athletic Greens, you might ask? It's a great-tasting, convenient, and easy-to-use powder that only needs 8 ounces of water mixed in to start your day off right. AG1 comes with 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food source superfoods. I take it to help boost my immune system because, you know, these days we're always exposed to a lot of different viruses, bacteria, and everything in between, so taking AG1 to fortify my body system is one of the easiest steps I can take every day. Want to do the same? It's super easy. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey friends, welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are spending tonight talking about Winnipeg versus Dallas and Winnipeg versus the Rangers. Just talked about a disappointing loss against Dallas over the, uh, well, I guess the the start of the weekend on last Friday. We're actually going to move to talking about an even more depressing game against the New York Rangers on Sunday heading into the new work week. Before we move on though, I just wanted to say thanks again for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. A lot of you probably super love hockey, though, and I thought you should also be listening to Locked On Now. It features nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts, and we make it easier and more digestible than ever before to get all the NHL action you need delivered to you in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcasts, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. Moving right along, I I did mention that the game against uh, the New York Rangers was significantly more frustrating. Now, Winnipeg, you could say, was technically good in this game. In fact, if you look at the expected goals battle without any sort of context, Winnipeg basically slapped the Rangers pretty silly. The problem is they only scored one goal, and the Rangers scored four. So you might be wondering what exactly transpired. How did the Jets outproduce New York so heavily and actually end up losing pretty badly on the score sheet? Truth is, Igor Shesterkin is just a monster, and in tonight's game, he put on one of the finest performances of his extremely young career, but I think that there were some other more pressing issues too, especially from Winnipeg's perspective. Uh, One of the issues that I I kind of felt was a, a common theme, and maybe people will view this differently, but I really didn't feel like the Jets were nearly as dangerous as um, the expected goals would make you think. And I think part of the issue was that anytime the Jets were in the slot or in Shesterkin's face or creating really high danger chances down low, Shesterkin wasn't really having any issue seeing them. So in this case, you know, you're looking for a lot of cross-sea movement, cross-slot passes, rapid one-touch hockey that, you know, keeps the puck moving rapidly and forces Shesterkin to try and track it more aggressively. But Winnipeg didn't really get some of those chances off, and even when they had some really good shots, it either hit Shesterkin or went off the post or something. The Rangers also just sort of sold out and tried to block as many shots as humanly possible, which, if you've seen older hockey from, like, the, uh, who was it, a couple of years ago, 
Um, the Calgary Flames, when they used to just have, oh, yeah, it was Bob Hartley. He used to ask every single player on that team to basically lay down and just block shots constantly, right? Not exactly the biggest recipe for success if you're looking for sustainable, controlled hockey, but, you know, for the Rangers, they've made it work because Shesterkin kind of cleans up the rest. I think, though, you know, one of the issues that I saw on the other side of things for Winnipeg, which is conceding as many goals as they did, you know, for one thing, Hellebuck not nearly as ideal as I was hoping. You would like a few extra saves from him. He wasn't great. But on some of the goals against, you saw the Jets just lose markings. I thought that there were some really poor defensive efforts. And, you know, Chris Kreider kind of punished a lot of these chances. And, you know, Winnipeg found itself very quickly in a, a nasty little deficit. But the Jets often have this tendency to make things a lot harder for themselves. Really stupid turnovers and turnovers that happen in places where the Jets are immediately under pressure from a counter. I think a really good illustration of this, not trying to pick on Mark Scheifele uh, specifically, but he has this problem more frequently, I would say, than a lot of the other Jets. You notice if he's making like an offensive zone entry, especially along the wall or something. Oftentimes I see him trying to dangle through like two or three players and the problem with this is that as soon as that turnover is forced, which with Shifley, it actually comes off of his stick a lot because, again, he's trying to thread the needle between like two or three guys, not really that good when you don't have any space. Uh, and that turnover right at the edge of the neutral zone then springs a counter, which, you know, that first line is very slow to defensively recover. And even once they're inside the DZ, they don't actually mark all that well. So... Not only, you know, is is one of the most defensively vulnerable lines creating uh, an easy turnover for the opponent, but suddenly they can't defend the counter that results. And so immediately Hellebuck and the defense are under even more pressure while any sort of offensive value from that top unit is completely nullified. And I feel like this is uh, maybe a broader representation of the Jets just generally making really dumb passes and decisions that makes life so much harder for themselves than it needs to be. That's part of why I think Heinola excels in so many respects to what the Jets need from a more mobile, one-touch kind of fast-cycling defender. You know, Heinola hates defending inside his own zone. He wants to keep the puck moving constantly away from his own net. And I think that that is actually a brilliant philosophy, especially for a Jets team that, quite frankly, you know, doesn't defend all that well in static situations, uh, much less very active situations where they have to track a lot of different puck carriers and overlapping routes. So from Winnipeg's perspective, I, I actually think Heinola is more of the modern philosophy of what Winnipeg should be striving for and less so what they're doing now because, you know, Winnipeg is basically just a turnover machine and they're way too generous to their opponents. On multiple occasions tonight, it actually bit them and, you know, they ended up losing to the Rangers 4-1. to one. So, yeah, really frustrating game. I, I want to give all due credit to the Rangers, to Kreider, to Shishterkin. I think Shishterkin really does deserve, uh, you know, man of the match, first star, whatever you want to call it. But the Jets should also be taking a look inward and recognizing that a lot of their mistakes are things that are self-inflicted. I mean, if you watch Winnipeg try to make decisions under pressure or follow some of the currently existing systems for how to make outlet passes and breakouts, yeah, not ideal. With this loss, you can basically say the Jets are out of it, although I feel that they've been out of it for a lot longer than just now. Um, uh, you know, I've felt that the Jets are probably not making the postseason for about a month and a half, maybe two months. And we'll talk about my particular frustrations with this season and what I feel has really gone wrong in just a little bit, maybe one or two things that have gone right. Before then, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about why BetOnline.net should be your number one choice for all of your online betting needs. 
Football might be over, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this upcoming playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. Not into football? No problem. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. They've even got great lines for all of you Winnipeg Jets fans. From player points totals to award winners and more. Want to bet on Hellebuck winning another Vezina trophy? Log into BetOnline.net right now and place your bet. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. To get started, register for a free account with BetOnline.net right now. Start winning today because BetOnline is where the game starts. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Bilt Bar in your New Year's plans. Bilt Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it's even better for you. They make it easy to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good, you'll actually want to eat it, unlike all those other waxy, chalky, boring protein bars you're used to. Built Bars are coated in 100% real chocolate and contain around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Good luck finding a candy bar that's as guilt-free as Built Bars are. Ready to make the change? Go through your cupboards or all of your secret snack stashes and throw out all the junky, calorie-laden, super sugary foods that you can replace with Built Bars. You don't even have to love working out. Built Bars are suitable for every lifestyle and can help you cut calories the tasty way. To get started, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Start your New Year's resolutions off the Built way. Hello, friends, and welcome to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked on Jets. We are uh, wrapping up some thoughts on the overall scope of the season and, you know, frustrations, maybe some things that were okay and things that have improved. But, you know, let's start off with the not-so-great stuff first. Um, I think it's fair to say that the season is is pretty much lost. I think the Jets are definitely out of a playoff contention point of, uh, you know, point of no return, I guess. I don't really see the Jets getting back into this anytime soon. They've dropped so many points already, and honestly, I just don't really feel the team should be going to the playoffs. You know, where the squad is right now and what it's, what it's shown under Dave Lowry, not really good enough at any level. So, you know, Nick Ehlers was asked after the game against uh, New York what the mood was, and he was like, yeah, the, the, the room feels pretty crappy. I mean, everyone's upset. And I think, you know, the players should be. These guys should be frustrated and asking why, you know, years into this team's supposed Stanley Cup window, the Jets have only ever looked like a contender once. The rest of the years, it's always been like, you know, a pretender sort of status with Connor Hellebuck kind of covering so many of Winnipeg's bigger issues. Now that Helly is finally playing like sort of average by his own standards, you know, Winnipeg looks exactly what you would expect it to, which is a team that's not for real. And I'm sure that pisses a lot of the guys off, and it frankly should. The bigger question is, is there a way out? My response is yes to a point, but it's going to require the Jets to be pretty selective about who they hire. I would imagine Dave Lowry is definitely not returning as uh, the NHL head coach next year, but maybe Mark Morrison finally gets a look. You know, continually he's found a way to get his team to wins, even when that roster has basically been, you know, upwards of half the team at an ECHL level compared to the rest of the AHL competition. So this is a squad that, you know, really only has a couple of major issues that Morrison has not been able to hide, but at least for the even strength play, it seems like the team is doing well enough. So I would be interested there. 
and I'd also be curious to know if his more aggressive mindset might be a fit for what the Jets should be looking for. Um, as far as like what has maybe improved since Paul Maurice left, oddly enough, special teams, especially the PK, uh, has really ticked up. The PK really doesn't give up a lot, and I would also say that the PK has also been creating a lot of good odd man situations. A lot of it is just Adam Lowry being really aggressive at his own blue line, but it just seems like overall the, the rush chances that they're creating shorthanded have led to some really good scoring opportunities. Is it risky? Of course. But it does also put a lot of pressure on the opposing team to then recover the puck and waste energy getting back into the offensive zone. And, you know, by the same token, Lowry has also created an individual chance for himself and maybe creates a rebound for a teammate. So I don't mind that so much. Um, the power play, I mean, it's it's fine enough in certain areas. Where I will say it's taken a step back is, uh, you know, they're not really using the second unit all that much. Now that Ehlers is back, it seems like that might be shifting, but even then, not necessarily how I would run the bench. Um, and like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm an NHL coach, and so I'm, I'm not, obviously. So there are certain things here that are, are just opinions, but I feel like when it comes to the special teams coaching, especially with the power play, that first unit gets way too much time, and it might be a little bit too predictable. It's not that the unit isn't effective and dangerous, it's that... You need to give a steady diet of more than one source of offense to your opponents because they need to be kept guessing, they need to be tired out, and if you just use the first unit all the time, everyone knows who the trigger man is on that unit. Shifley will take shots, but he hasn't really been as effective as he used to be. It's really down to KFC, and if hey, you know that, that option is constantly being read, there aren't all that many other scorers on that unit that are going to take his place. He just has that, that one-timer that's really difficult to stop, and uh, you know if it gets marked out... Pierre-Luc Dubois can definitely pick up the slack and so can Shifley, but I just feel like you need more variety there. Um, but, you know, as far as like the even strength play is concerned, the Jets are more aggressive in some areas, but overall the team has definitely taken a notable step back, especially defensively. So, yeah, not really worth it for an improved PK. I, I know that Hellebuck has struggled this year, but it's not just him. The team in general has taken a major step back, and I think that that's just a very disappointing outcome it's not surprising. I think we all knew that this could happen if things went horribly south quickly, but by the same token, just not how I was hoping to kick off this year. For once, we even heard Boo Birds out in, uh, you know, Canada Life Center after the, the Rangers game, so that can't be good for management and the front office and ownership. They have to be sweating just a little bit. As always, though, I want you to tell me how you feel about the Jets and what has happened with this team. Be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. Throughout the rest of the week, we'll have even more trade deadline coverage, you know, random thoughts about the Jets, um, some additional game recaps and stuff as they continue to, to uh, finish out the back half of their schedule. But for tonight's episode, that is going to do it. As always, thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Rodon and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get all of your favorite podcasts, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. Thanks again, have a great night, and go Jets go!